He's going to speak into this church this morning. And I'm, I'm just so thankful for the friendship and the relationship and the fellowship that I have with Reverend Jake Bateman this morning. So let's stand and welcome him this morning. Let's give him a hand clap of praise and welcome Reverend Jake Bateman. What do you after say? What do you say after something like that? My God, have mercy. be apostolic for just a few minutes. Just felt the Holy Ghost just sweep back into this house. Let's just talk to him for a moment. Praise the Lord. Feels good in the house of the Lord this morning. I'd like to start off by giving honor where it's due, first and foremost, to God in my life. I would not be here without His tender mercies. I know He has been patient with me. And can anybody else testify to that today, that God's mercies are enduring? Thank God for His mercy. I want to honor the leadership of this church to your pastor and bishop that are absent today. I give them high honor and to their wives some of the best people I have ever met in my entire life. You are blessed with first-class, anointed men and women of God in this church. I'd like to give honor to, to the sound and the media team, to the worship team, which always does a phenomenal job. I am so excited to be here. It has always been one of my dreams since I felt the call to preach to preach here. And uh, I give honor to the ministry in this place. There's also one individual I wanted to give honor to in this place, and that is Brother Danny Barber. Um, this past few year, this past year of my life has been one of the hardest, and uh, God's just been putting me through some seasons of testing. It's nothing personal. It's nothing that anybody has done to me, but God has really worked on me the past year, and I'll tell you, Brother Barber, I give you honor today because if it weren't for some of those phone calls, I don't know that I would be as strong and as encouraged as I am in this place today. I'm thankful for the fivefold ministry and that God will put men and women in your life that can call you, that can speak to you right where you're at. I give you honor today. But if you have your Bibles, if you will stand with me for just a moment, Acts chapter 27. Is where I will draw my thought this morning. Acts chapter 27, starting at verse 4. The word of the Lord says, When we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. Say that with me. The winds were contrary. In this particular passage, Paul is on a mission. God has given him a destiny to go to Rome. The gospel has got to reach Rome. 
Paul would write many of the epistles in a jail cell in Rome and would then die there. But if you'll skip with me to chapter 28, the very next chapter in the book of Acts, this is after that Paul has sailed towards Rome. He finds himself shipwrecked. And the Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 28, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. They knew that the island was called Melita. If you can, will you lift up your hands just one more time? And I want you to pray in this house for the will of God to be done in this place. Let's talk to him for a moment. Lord God, God, we call on you this morning. God, I know that there are needs in this house that need to be met. God, I know that there are things in this house that need to happen. God, you and this church are well aware of the pivotal point that we are at in this place. We are well aware of where you're trying to take us, God, in this place. But God, I pray, Lord, God, that before this morning service is over, that you would give us some direction. God, I pray, God, for every family, God, that has been hit by a storm. Every ministry, God, that has been hit by a storm. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, we'd leave encouraged, healed, restored, forgiven, set free, and filled with your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you for just a few moments, if you would allow me, storms that bring destiny. Storms that bring destiny. This particular passage in the book of Acts, as I have spoken in my preliminaries, God has flipped this man Saul upside down and has called him and has put an anointing on his life. Paul has a destiny. Paul would be one of the most intelligent biblical authors that we would ever read from in the pages of the Holy Writ. Paul called the chiefest of sinners and the chief apostle unto the Gentiles. Paul called and anointed, equipped with the gift of prophecy and the word of God would be one of the most effective evangelistical voices in that hour he was in. But I want you to put yourself today in the shoes of Paul. We've all been changed, and if you haven't, you can be. But we've all encountered God in a way that he changed our life. He changed our name. He's put an anointing on us, and he has given us a destiny. We all have a Rome in our life. We all have something that God has called us to, that God is trying to push us to, that God is trying to excel us to. Amen? But in this particular story, we read Paul is on his way to his destiny. Paul is on his way to the thing that God has called him to go to. God called Paul to go to Rome. He had to stand before Caesar. He had to preach the gospel unto the people of Rome. We read that story. We read about how Paul was persistent. Paul was on his way. But we read just a few scriptures into chapter 27 in the book of Acts. And it said that the winds, when Paul was sailing to where God had called him, it said that the winds were contrary. 
Has anybody in this place ever encountered winds that were contrary? Has anybody in this place ever encountered a storm in your life that was contrary to the place where God was trying to lead you? Has anybody ever encountered marriage problems in your life just when you're trying to get everything together? Has anybody in this place ever encountered financial struggle right when you're about to meet your destiny? Has anybody in this place ever encountered problems in your life when you're finally getting to where God told you? The Bible says that the winds were contrary. The Bible said that there was a wind, there was a storm in Paul's life that was trying to stop him from getting to where God had called him. The Bible said that Paul perceived that he wasn't going to live past the storm. The Bible says that Paul perceived that he was about to be taken out, that his destiny that God had called him to, that the anointing that God called him to walk in, that the ministry that God called him to operate in was going to be in void because of the storm. The Bible says that the vessel of the ship would be torn to pieces and that all the people that were on the ship with him would escape to this island called Melita on the broken pieces of the ship. I can imagine Paul devastated by the storm, devastated by this thing that has happened to him, devastated by the winds that were contrary, that this thing that possibly the adversary could have sent towards Paul to distract him. I'm sure that Paul was devastated, surely discouraged because feeling like he'll never be able to reach that place that God had called him to. Probably wounded by the shipwreck. He could have been tore all to pieces. He could have had limbs broken. We don't really think about these things in this text and in this story, but the Bible says that it was so bad that the entire vessel of the ship was destroyed. But the Bible says that when they were escaped, they knew that the island was called Melita. There's something very powerful in that one verse because to understand the geography of where they are, that place called Melita... The name Melita means refuge. The name Melita means a safe place. If I can preach to some first-time guests, if I can preach to some people, you didn't plan on being here today. You had your own things you were heading to do. You had your own agenda, maybe your own schedule you were trying to abide by, but the winds were contrary in your life and you somehow ended up on this island called Melita. I'm here to tell you in this place today, you're in the island called Melita. You're standing on ground that is a safe place. You're standing in the arms of a refuge. Maybe you can't help the things that have happened to you to the certain point in your life. Maybe you wish you could change the effects of the storm. Maybe you're discouraged because you lost your home, you lost your marriage, you lost your family but I'm here to tell you there's refuge in this house there's restoration in this house and it's at Melita where God's gonna give you the direction that you need hallelujah hallelujah you came in here wounded you came in here discouraged by the storm that has hit your life you've come in here messed up walking with a limp walking with your head down feeling condemned by that storm of addiction that has ran in your family for all of these years I'm here to tell you you're at an island called Melita you're at a refuge in this house 
And at that island, Paul never planned on being there. Paul never intended to be there. Paul never had planned that that was a place he wanted to go to. He had his eyes on Rome. He had his eyes on the promise. But something caused him to land on this island called Melita. You read about the things that happened to Paul on this island called Melita. The Bible says that a venomous beast fastened itself on the arm of Paul and Paul would shake off the serpent. The Bible says that the barbarians, when they saw God do this wonder, they reasoned among themselves and thought Paul was a God. That even that Paul, even though he had been in a storm, yet the favor of God was still on his life. He didn't allow the, the bite from the venomous beast to kill him. He didn't allow the storm to kill him. We see the favor of God still in Paul's life in the midst of the storm. The Bible says that on this island that there were many miracles that Paul would see happen before he would reach Rome. The Bible says that after his work in Melita is done, after his work in this place is done, that he eventually gets to where God called him. But I'm preaching to some people today. You didn't plan on being here. You didn't plan on walking in this door. But you've ended up and you've washed up on the shores of Melita. You're in a safe place today. You're around people that will comfort you no matter what you've been through in your life. Can I just act like an evangelist for a moment? I'm here to bind up your wounds. I'm here to pour oil in them. You came here discouraged, wounded. It's all right. I can preach like that too. Come on, but if some of you will get in agreement with the word of the Lord today, you'll understand. Maybe I can still be healed. Maybe I still can be delivered. Maybe God will have mercy on me. Maybe there's still a second chance in the midst of my distraction. Maybe there's still a second chance in the midst of my discouragement. I'm at a place called refuge. We'll just pray for a moment. Can we lift up our voice in this place? The storm was never to take you away from what God called you to. It was to excel you into it. The storm was to never discourage you or to distract you. But there were some things that Paul had to experience before he went to the island called Rome. The storm wasn't to destroy him. The storm wasn't to kill him. But the storm was to excel him. It was a storm that brought destiny. But there's another storm that we read about. In the book of Jonah. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. The son of Matthias saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. And cry against it for their work in this place is done for me. But Jonah, almost a type and shadow of Paul you could say. Instead of going towards where God had called him, instead of going towards that place God had called him to go to, the Bible says that Jonah fleed from the presence of the Lord. The Bible says he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them into Tarshish from the great, from the great presence of the Lord. I'm preaching to some people today. Some of you are headed to your destiny. Some of you are headed to where God has called you to go. Some of you are headed to that ministry, to that anointing, to that place that God's called you to walk in. But there are some in this place 
Don't let me preach con, condem, uh, with condemnation or condescendingly. But I'm here to preach to you. I've got a heavy weight on me and I've got to preach it off. I'm here to tell somebody today I'm preaching to a Joan. I'm here to preach to somebody today you're in the ministry. Come on, you're running from the, from the will of God for your life. I'm here. I'm trying to preach it as well as I can. I'm sorry. But I'm here to preach to you until you receive it. I'm here to tell somebody God spoke to some of you in this place today. God's given some of you direction. God's spoken to some of you and has said, get out of that relationship. You better walk away while you've got the chance. Jonah, I know you're anointed. Jonah, I know you've got an anointing on your life. Jonah, I know you've got a destiny. But if you don't turn, if you don't submit yourself to the will of God, there's a storm coming. There's destruction coming. I know it's heavy and I didn't want to preach this my first time here, but I had no choice. I'm here to preach to some people. You've got an anointing on your life. You've got a call on your life. There's something special God wants to pull out of you and allow you to walk into. But some of you are running. The Bible says that Jonah begins to cry out. And he says in verse 9, I am an Hebrew. Why did he say that? He saw that this evil had come upon him. He saw that the storm came to try and push him back to Nineveh. And he looks up to God says, I'm in Hebrew. Which is, in very, is very important to understand because the Hebrew were the elect of God. The Hebrew were God's chosen people. I'm not preaching to somebody that has never been in the arms of an apostolic church. I'm not here to preach to somebody that has never experienced the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to preach to somebody with an anointing on your life. I'm here to preach to somebody that knows the voice of God. I'm here to preach to somebody today. You're running from the will of God. You're running from the plan of God. And I'm here to tell you that if you'll submit to the will of God, the Bible says in chapter 3 that the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time but I'm here to tell you if you don't submit yourself if you don't walk in the will of God if you don't submit to what God's telling you there's going to be destruction you're going to wish you had that chance you're going to wish you walked away from that relationship can I just preach can I just preach? There's some people here today. You're at a pivotal point in your life. One wrong step. One wrong decision. You may never grace the carpet of an apostolic church again. I didn't want to preach this. Some of you need to submit to the will of God on your life. God's called you to walk in something. God's called you to break some things off. But sometimes it's not good enough to hear from God himself. God has to send somebody. I'm not here to embarrass anybody. I'm not here with my own prideful agenda. But I'm here to tell you I've got a word from the Lord for this church. There's been some attacks hit some marriages in this place. There's been some attacks on some of our finances. There's been some attacks on our children. And we're wondering why all this hell is happening. It's either one of two things. Either you're on your way to your destiny. Or you're running from it. Either you're trying to head 
to that place God called you or you're running from it. I'm here to preach to you today right now. Here in a few moments, we're going to give an altar call and I pray to God that you'd make up in your mind, God, today will be the day I submit. Today will be the day I quit walking in rebellion. I will, I will, I will walk in the anointing. I will. The Bible said, Jonah is on the ship with these men, and they're going contrary to the place God called Jonah to go. The Bible says they took up Jonah, and they casted him forth into the sea. And when Jonah got out of the boat, the sea ceased from her raging. I'm here to talk to somebody. You're on a ship today. That ship might be a relationship. That ship might be an addiction. That ship might be things in your life that you need to refrain from or walk away from. That ship is contrary. But the Bible says that when Jonah took himself and casted himself out of the boat, that the storm would begin to cease. That that God had began to prepare a plan to get Jonah back into his ministry, that God would begin to resurrect a plan to get Jonah back to that place where he could preach again, back to that place where he could preach again, back to that place where he could walk in the anointing, back in that place where he could be trusted by God again. I'm here to tell you somebody today, you need to throw yourself out of that boat. You need to get out of that relationship. You need to get out of that witchcraft. You need to walk out of rebellion. Because if you do, there's an anointing. There's a calling. There's a great destiny that you can walk in. There's a great power and an anointing of the Holy Ghost. Paul gets to Rome. We read about it. We preached about it. We taught Sunday school about it. I'm here to preach to somebody today. What storm are you in? If you need refuge, there's some restoring that can happen. God can mend any marriage. God can restore every family. But if you're running from Him, there's an altar of repentance today so that the storm that God has sent won't destroy you. You can turn today. You can walk away today walking in the will of God, walking in the purpose of God. But I'm here to tell you, when we refuse to yield to the voice of God, there will be consequences. But the Bible says that the word of the Lord came unto Jonah a second time. How many know in this place, maybe those that have ran from the will of God at a time in your life, 
How many know that that word will come unto Jonah a second time? How many knows that in your darkest hour, in your darkest scandal, in the darkest sin, that when you turn, that that same word that came unto Jonah the first time saying, go preach, will come unto you that second time. I'm here to preach to some people. You've fallen. You've sinned. You've messed up. You're walking in some things maybe you're not supposed to be walking in, entertaining some people. You shouldn't be entertaining, but maybe there's been a change of heart. Maybe there's been some repentance there. I'm here to tell you. Therefore, there is now no condemnation unto them which are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to walk out of here condemned. You don't have to walk out of here discouraged and confused with no direction for your life. The Word still says, I'll I'll find you in your darkest hour. I'll come to you. Can we all stand and lift our hands? The Bible says in Luke chapter 8, there's another storm. Jesus and his disciples are on the ship. And they're headed to the other side of the land, which is confirmed in the next chapter. That place is called the Gadarenes. But the Bible says in this passage that the storm rages. And in this same story in different accounts throughout the gospel, the Bible says that the winds were boisterous. I think it's comical that when we read about the prince and the power of the air, that Lucifer, our adversary, Satan, works in the air. And we read in this story that the winds were boisterous. We read the scripture and we talk about how Jesus calmed the raging sea. We read about how Jesus calmed the storm. And now he said, where is your faith? But I believe it's very important to understand the, the, chronologic, the, the chronological order of this passage. That the storm comes. That Jesus rebuked the winds. That he rebuked the enemy. And when he rebuked the enemy, the very next chapter, that legion is being delivered. That's a storm that brings destiny. Some of you fought hell to get to church this morning. Some of you fought hell just to be able to stand here at the front in the presence of God and worship. I'm here to tell you, there's about to be a great calm that reaches throughout this place. There's about to be some peace that's restored. There's about to be an anointing that's restored. And the reason that storm came and the reason that damage came and the reason that destruction came was because when Jesus got out of the storm, when the disciples got out of the storm, there was some deliverance that began to happen. There was some freedom that began to happen. That legion would be delivered. If we can, if somebody will come to the music for just a moment. Let me speak to this church. I didn't come here on a high tea. I came here with the word from God. You got to know me. I know this is my first time preaching here. But I'm here to tell you I said nothing with my own agenda. I said nothing with my own egotistical pride. 
There needs to be some repentance in this place. There needs to be some turning in this place. Can we lift up our hands? Can you say, God, if that's me, God, I yield to your voice. Some of you need to yield to the conviction you're feeling right now. Don't you ignore this. That anointing can be restored. Come on, can we be honest with God? Can we be honest with Him in this place? God, I'll cut it off, God. I'll get out of that relationship. I'll get out of that thing, God, that is stopping me from pursuing you. Come on, can we lift up our voice? I know it's a heavy word, but come on, I I promise you, if you'll receive what the Lord has put on you right now, there's going to be a great turning. Hallelujah, that's it. Can we lift up our voice? That storm's not going to take your marriage out. Some of you wouldn't have came to church today if it wasn't for your marriage struggling by that storm. Come on. If you're fighting battles in your marriage, come on, can we come to the front? God can restore us. God can heal. You're in a safe place. You're in a place of refuge right now. Come on, can we lift up our voice? God, I'm turning. God, I won't run anymore. God, I'm going to yield to your voice in my life. Yes. That's it right there. Yeah. Hallelujah. God, I'm turning. God, I'm turning. I'm going to yield to you. Come on. Come on. If you're not praying, find somebody to pray with. If you're not praying for somebody else, lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus right now, God, by the authority of the Word and the power that's in your name, God, we speak healing. God, every broken marriage. God, we speak healing into finances. God, we speak healing. God, back into the heart of the backslider, the one, God, that is ran from your voice, the one. God that is ran from conviction. Let the power of the Holy Ghost move. Hallelujah. That's here.
there's still time. Get out of it while you can. Quit one running while you can. That storm ain't gonna kill you, young couple. It's gonna push you into your destiny. divorce right now anything that wants to split up the heart of an apostolic family God we pray God let there be unity there's been some things happening in the church there's been some storms in this church you've been in a plateau but God is saying this storm that I sent to this church it's going to push you into your destiny
Dismissed in the name of Jesus. God bless you.